Greetings, and welcome to the Tao in the Force podcast. Today we are talking about The Clone Wars, Season 1, Episode 4, Destroy Malevolence. But first, if you have any questions or comments, you can find me on Twitter at the Tao in the Force, at the Tao Force. And on Facebook at Dalfors. Now this is the third and last part of the Malevolence Arc. The Bismarck-like secret weapon of the Separatists. That we discovered in rising and it disabled Plo Koon's uh, ship the loss of power and in the second one of shadow they destroyed and disabled the weapon part of malevolence the ion weapon in this episode starts with uh, them bombarding the massive ship to no avail. Now the wise words for this episode are a plan is only as good as those who see it through which could be grievous who had a plan for destroying a medical facility and he had a plan of using this ion weapon to change the war in their favor but a plan being only as good as those who see it through uh, he is not as good and does not see it through. But it could also be Anakin in his adventurous type plans that don't seem like they should work, but they work. And they finally rid themselves of the malevolence as a threat when it basically supernovas into the planet. But first before we go back to the beginning of this episode where Dooku sends Padme after learning that the malevolence is in trouble uh, he says that he has arranged but we later learn in the episode from Padme that Chancellor Palpatine received the message from the banking clan 
And it was from there that she was going to negotiate, only to be caught up in this battle with the malevolence. But here, once again, it hints that the banking clan and the trade federation and most of the heads of these organizations that you see in Attack of the Clones weren't there to join the separatist movement formally. They were there to sign a treaty with the separatists and play both sides of the war. Only Newt Gunray and Poggle the Lesser were recognized after as being aligned with the separatists. As we see in other episodes dealing with the banking clan and even what Tambor that they are claiming to be neutral. We see this in the, the Bad Batch episodes and the Clovis episodes later that they claim neutrality but they are actually favoring the separatists to win for it will probably be more profitable for them and it is hinted that <clears throat> the banking clan and Palpatine along with Dooku set this trap for Padme Now the firepower has only managed to disable temporarily the hyperspace abilities of the malevolence. For the sheer size of the ship herself. Now when Padme arrives, the Republic, where Anakin and Ahsoka and Plo Koon and a number are there on a ship together, when Padme's called for help as she's being captured by the malevolence. And Anakin accidentally shouts her her name rather than Senator or they uh, calls her by her her personal name, uh, Padme, and 
There is a bit of sideway glances by the other Jedi and officers around him. A bit of awkwardness there. And she gets captured and Anakin tells the clones to stop firing and he comes up with a plan to try and help her. But as we see almost immediately that she doesn't really need the help. For she escapes off the ship and sabotages it and eludes capture just fine. And if Anakin did not come, she probably would have managed to away herself along with C-3PO who was with her on aboard. She's resourceful enough and probably would have escaped. But nonetheless, Obi-Wan and R2 and Anakin come looking for her. And as they are on their way, Plo Koon makes comment that Skywalker always craving adventure and excitement which is uh, obviously from Empire Strikes Back that it is uh, referencing where Yoda says that of, of Luke always craving these things And they not so subtly get aboard the malevolence, Anakin and Obi. And Obi-Wan makes the comment that subtlety is not Anakin's expertise. And Anakin replies, everything I learned, I learned from you. To which Obi responds, if only that were true. Which probably would have been better for the galaxy had Anakin been more like Obi-Wan. And we know Anakin almost makes the opposite dis decisions than Obi-Wan in many ways when it comes to attachment in particular Obi-Wan is able to let go of things eventually they catch up with Padme 
in an area of the ship that has trains going about their business that this ship is so large that multiple trains can be going and moving about so the, on these trains are and different ones are Padme and Anakin and Obi-Wan and such and they you could say that they are a bit of a metaphor for they're all on their own truck and path and Padme's truck is soon to be at an end and I'm, in this instance Anakin saves her by using the force And they enter into a tunnel where they are have a private moment. One of the few that they probably get during the war. And Obi tries the same maneuver with uh, 3PO, only for 3PO to be caught by a train. which sends Obi-Wan off to try and get him. But Obi-Wan is intercepted by Grievous, who steals Obi-Wan's line and says hello there to Obi-Wan. And this scene is clearly uh, a nod to Return of the, uh, Pardon, Revenge of the Sith, where Grievous and Obi-Wan will meet again. And 3PO uh, is left to be rescued by R2, who never forgets his pal and friend and we see once again their endearing friendship where they fight with each other a lot but they seem to genuinely as much as droids can care for each other Obi-Wan cleverly dispatches the droids and gets himself out of the situation that he is in. But meanwhile, uh, Anakin and Padme go to the bridge of the ship to sabotage it. In this episode we get some possible learning from these droids, these B1s. For there are three droids 
in two of them fire upon the Jedi and one of them is trying to caution the other ones knowing that it's not a good idea and of course the two that fired get destroyed by their own shots so it pardon so it hints that perhaps they are learning from their own mistakes in this war Anakin sabotages the hyperdrives uh, so that it will go into the planet and the ship will destroy itself uh, kind of performing a holdo maneuver to a degree yeah. though they do not know they are performing it but it's also according to the featurette a reference to Han Solo in A New Hope when he was talking about if you don't put in precise calculations in the hyperdrive that you can run into a star or comet or something and destroy yourself. In Henry Gilroy thought it would be fun to put that into an episode somehow. And also while Obi-Wan, Padme and all of them are going to be fleeing the ship aboard Anakin's ship, the Twilight. Uh, they finally catch up with 3PO and R2. And as Anakin gets out of the elevator, he says to C-3PO not to just stand there, which is reminiscent of Return of the Jedi when Han is listing all these things to 3PO and then immediately says to him, well don't just stand there. <laughs> and he never gave 3PO a chance to do anything. So I, I, I'm guessing it was a reference to that. Now, Dooku has to abandon ship once again, and I believe this is the last time we see Grievous before Dooku decides to test him later on again to make sure that he is the general that they do want for this war. But in the return of Revenge of the Sith novel, uh, 
It gives us a hint at a pot possible motive. Why Dooku keeps Grievous around despite some of his failings in the Clone Wars. And that is in the novel it suggests that Dooku believes that by the end of the war they are going to blame the war on Grievous. So it makes sense that they're only keeping him around, really, to take the fall. Well, that is all I have for today. And I wish you well and hope to see you again. Good day.